When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Uh, the supercar season is over and the Formula One title race is coming down to the last Grand Prix of the year with Lewis Hamilton and Mark Max Verstappen tied at the top of the stand- standings and going at it in Abu Dhabi. Uh, to talk about these things, we're lucky to be joined by our supercars legend and our a man, Greg Murphy, here on SENZ, host of Race Control on 7pm uh, tomorrow night. Murph, good morning to you. So it's over and done with. Uh, Bathurst is, uh, um, it's been and gone again, quite sadly. And, and Chaz Mothurst was absolutely uh, superb over the weekend, wasn't he? He was. He um yeah, they, they've rolled that car, the 25 car, out of the, the truck and put it on the racetrack. And um, it's one of those weekends that uh, you just seemingly can't do no wrong. And uh, everything goes so smoothly. And I was talking to Lee Holdsworth yesterday about it. And you, you're just waiting for something to go wrong because you just go, it cannot be this good. And it cannot uh, go so smoothly the whole way through. And that's what happened for those guys. And, and, um, you know, rightfully so, they, they ended up walking away with the big trophy because they, they both did a, a superb job uh, right the way from practice one on, on um, Thursday all the way through to the last lap on, on Sunday. And Chaz Moslet setting the, a new benchmark fastest ever lap time around Bathurst in the shootout um, on Saturday afternoon was just, um, was just stunning, absolutely stunning. Yeah, I mean, uh, he was uh, clearly... Uh, clearly uh, the, the quickest at times, as you say. Uh, there was a yellow flag for an echidna on the track. Have you ever seen that before in your travels? <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, no, that's, uh, that's a, first, um, a first in car racing, I think. So another piece of history for the history books. Uh, we've had, um, obviously, the odd uh, kangaroo running around the place, which has uh, caused a few dramas in its time. But, um, uh, yeah, the, uh, the old animal activists wouldn't have been... Um, been too happy if uh, old Mr. Echidna had been squashed by a supercar. So um, that actually played quite nicely into the 25's hands as well. Just uh, that supercar came at a, a, a pretty good time for them to uh, jump to the pit lane and um, get themselves back on the same strategy effectively um, as, as uh, the other front runners, um, Shane Van Gisberg and Cam Waters and the like. So um, yeah, there was a bit of bit of uh, fortuitous sort of uh, timing there for, for those guys, but their car speed at the end of the day was, uh, um, you know, has been has been mentioned by everybody else in the field, and especially I think Shane Van Gisbergen, who literally threw the kitchen sink and um, everything else at uh, the challenge there to to try and beat the 25 uh, on Sunday and. He uh, he's one clever race car driver, Shane Van Gisbergen. He he tried everything, including um, 
you know, some on-track stuff that uh, probably no one else would have thought of by trying to back the field up and get his teammate in on the act, which actually did work. Um, he managed to get uh, uh, Jamie Wincup around um, Chaz and also I think Anton Bebsquiley got around him at the same time, which put him on the back foot there for a little bit. And, uh, you know, that was that's how much and how desperate Shane was to, to try and work a way to, um, you know, get around the speed that uh, Chaz had in that car. So it was it was enthralling, absolutely enthralling day. Quite a romantic story, though, the one about the co-driver, though, Lee Holdsworth, for, for mine. Yep. I mean, uh, he's been to uh, so many of these Bathurst events. Uh, here he is uh, in his 18th attempt, standing on top of the podium. Now, that's a great story of longevity. Oh, and he's... I can honestly t- say uh, Lee is one of the absolute, uh, you know, decent humans in the pit lane. He's just a, a wonderful guy, um, you know, great race car driver. You know, he's got a story like many where, you know, a little bit of wrong place at the wrong time kind of thing as well. Um, I think he's proven himself plenty of times and he should still be full-time in the championship. He would, uh, he's, a, he's a, you know, of a calibre that deserves to be there and, and just works very, very hard. He's just he's he's a uh, funny guy, uh, great talent, the whole thing, and and it's it is it's a good story. Uh, someone like him picking up a, a win and having that trophy, um, you know, on his mantelpiece. So you know, and, and Chaz, you know, deserves it as well. Deserves another another win. He's worked very hard, and that team at WAU, run by uh, Ryan Walkinshaw, um, who um, really has uh, matured as a team owner in the last few years, and he's put together a, a phenomenal. Uh, team now with um, some very, very talented people that just goes to show he is absolutely committed for the future and supercars to, you know, to become, um, you know, what it, uh, I suppose the, the power used to be when they were the Holden Racing team when his dad was TWR running the race team and been so successful, you know, a number of years ago now. I mean, that, that team hasn't had a lot of success uh, now for, you know, well, wow, I think we're talking probably way back... Uh, you know, it's probably coming up eight, nine, ten years ago since it really had some, you know, some last decent success, and they lost the Holden Racing Team um, sort of uh, label, um, you know, quite a few years ago now too. So they've been through a bit of a struggle streak, and uh, but now I think he's um, rebuilding it back to be, you know, something great. Uh, we've mentioned uh, Shane Van Gisbergen every week uh, on the show. Now we can look yeah. at this whole year, <laughs> whole year, whole year in review, I guess, Murph. And, and the other thing, of course, is to to look forward to. Uh, 2022, is there anything to suggest uh, he won't repeat again? Um, I think there is a few things that are going to make his life harder in 2022. Um, you know, he uh, he showed this year, he came out the, out the gate, you know, absolutely firing on all cylinders and, and just, you know, pretty much got an unassailable kind of lead um, very early on. Um but that was with, you know, uh, the likes of Anton Di Pasquale, uh, you know, Will Davison being two new drivers at uh, DJR. You know, Penske was gone. DJR has taken over. So they, they, you know, Scott McLaughlin was gone. So that was a, a full review and that's, that was a, a reset for those guys. Um, and there was a few, you know, a few other changes around the place as well, which, which sort of created, I suppose, a bit of instability in some operations, whereas Red Bull... You know, were very stable and, and had um, you know a, a fantastic uh, um, uh, you know a base to to continue building on and and I think next year with the likes that you know I think you know, you're going to have a bit of pressure from Anton Di Pasquale and I think the the Erebus guys have shown that they have come on strong and found some pace. I just think it's not going to be as straightforward for Shane, um, but he's got all the tools in the arsenal to 
to be able to to back to back again, you know, and do another champ, have another championship in his in his pocket, no question about it, because he is so such a smart driver, and he manages mm. to make the best of a bad day like like no one else. Um, so you know he's uh, you know definitely going to come out the gate as a as as probably the guy that everyone's got to try and beat. Um, but I just don't think it will be as straightforward as, as what it uh, was in 2022. But um, you know, it, it, which makes it great for us because it means that the the championship, the the competition, is going to be even more exciting to watch. Murph, uh, we'd love to get your reflections on uh, Jamie Wincup now that uh, his career as a full time driver is is over. Where does he sit uh, in the pantheon of uh, supercar drivers for you? Yeah, definitely, definitely the goat as far as I'm concerned. I think uh, everyone's concerned. You know, greatest um, you know supercar driver of all time, really, just based on those statistics. The numbers are just are just ludicrous. I mean, they they really are. What's he up to now? 110 or something wins or whatever it is. I mean, it's just it's just insane. Um, his his consistency, um, you know, he was he was also controversial around things that he did and, and caused a, a bit of angst for the team and bits and pieces over his years. But he was he he. No one can ever say that Jamie was not one hundred and ten percent committed to the cause and to winning, and and his focus around work ethic and and how you've got to go about it to to be successful. Um, you know, it sits right up there at the top of the, the pedestal for everyone else to try and emulate. You know, he. Uh, He's achieved just um, uh, just incredible things, and you know his time, uh, his timing to go to Triple Eight was was obviously very clear and, and very good, and and worked uh, a treat for him and and being able to build himself into the driver that he became and the, the driver that he is, um, and uh, you know he's, it's going to be very hard for anyone to ever, you know, you know knock that off the top. Seven championships is just just outrageous. It really is in this modern era. Mm. Um, it's it's crazy. So. You know, uh, he deserves everything he's got. There's no no doubt about it. Uh, you know, and unfortunately for him, you could see that he was, uh, you know, the the finish on the weekend was, was, you know, we know it's not what he would have wanted. And it was clear to see that, you know, there was a bit of emotion there with that for him. That, um, you know, it, it sort of, it wasn't the ending in his full-time career that uh, really probably he deserved. But also, um, yeah, yeah, certainly isn't what he wanted. He wanted to be racing for the for, at the top, at the front, and trying to win that race. And they never really had... Uh, had that in the arsenal all day long, um, and that would have been very frustrating for Jamie not to be able to to be in control of his destiny at the finish or, or, or during the day. You know, I think the car for both um, he and Shane just uh, they just didn't quite nail it, and uh, and uh, yeah, they didn't they didn't have what it what it, what it, what they needed to to be able to to fight the way they want to fight. Murph, uh, two a.m. this Monday morning, uh, all eyes on uh, Abu Dhabi. It is. Um the conclusion, and I've I got to say the conclusion that we're all looking for because of the comeback uh, late in the season of Lewis Hamilton. They are all tied up. Uh, Verstappen in trouble uh, in the last race for a, a erratic braking. I mean, this is a finale uh, dreams have made of uh, Formula One this year. Well, I've, I've, I've never heard the commentators uh, in, in such confusion. Um, and I think everyone was in mass confusion. Uh, the race at Jeddah... Uh, was something that we've never witnessed before. With the, the the well, there was restarts, there was safety cars, there was crashes, there was give back positions, there was people doing things that um, you know that were being questioned the whole way through. The officials didn't know, I think, what they what they needed to be doing. Um, it, it, it's become you know such an incredible story this season, and it has been incredible, and it will be will be tearing. 
um, people apart because of, of who they support and, and um, the, the emotion around, you know, who you which side of the fence you're on, Red Bull or Mercedes, um, the arguments and just the, 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 the that competition that they've got going on there off the track, let alone on the track, is, is yeah, is what um, you know fiction's made of. It's just it's hard to comprehend or believe is even you know real. Um, and on the weekend, that was just a, a yeah some of the stuff that was going on. And I and Max Verstappen was uh, penalised ten seconds for at the end of it all when the stewards looked at it all for uh, a, a brake pressure. Um, which which they deemed was the cause of Lewis Hamilton hitting the back of his car. And, OK, that's fine. But no-one really has uh, come out and and spoken properly and also um, evaluated that situation where Max slowed down to let Lewis pass. And they have sort of brushed around the edges of it because when a competitor slows down and you're in a car race and there's no yellow flags, no safety cars, no nothing... I, last time I checked, the idea was to pass that person and beat them and win. Mm. And that's the whole idea of competition. Yet Lewis Hamilton chose to slow right down behind Max Verstappen to a point where he's done third gear um, to actually be in that position where Max, you know, hit the brake for whatever reason he did it and ended up in that situation. And, and I'm like, well, why, why isn't Lewis penalised for actually not um, passing that car I mean, I don't. There's probably not a rule in there that allows that to happen. But, but at the end of the day, I think Lewis was very complicit in that whole situation, and and I find it just uh, staggering that that's the games that they were playing. It's just um, incredible. So we go down to the wire this weekend, and Abu Dhabi will decide it. And who knows what is possible? Because think about the wildest possible scenario, and you probably still won't get to where it's going to end up on the weekend. Murph, a quick one for you from Craig from Bay of Plenty said. Uh, you were with uh, Rick Kelly when uh, you're in car 15, not 51, and he wants to know why you weren't in 51 for that reason. Uh, that was 2004 when we won. Uh, we're in the 15 car. Uh, yeah, we had some strange ideas back then about what we needed to be do to be fair and equitable between the two cars, and um, and also the two teams that were running the two cars throughout the whole season in 2004. So. 15 car and 51 car. Obviously, we've got our own our own people that work on those cars. And then when when you get to Bathurst, we were sharing a car, which you can't do these days. And um, the team just wanted to make it fair that the the crew that worked on the 15 um, got their fair share of having the lead car. Um, uh, whereas last the year before, it had been the 51 crew had been the uh, the team that ran the lead car. So it was just just about sharing it around a little bit and and. Um, you know, giving everyone in the team a chance to, to be a part of, of um, you know, the lead car at Bathurst. And so that's that's how that played out in 2004. Cool, Murph. Uh, enjoy talking to you, of course, and I shall uh, enjoy tomorrow night listening uh, to your, your show, Race Control. Uh, and uh, we'll get even more guests about uh, supercars, I'm sure, uh, on Murph and McIver's show at that point.